Barcelona está muy liberado, indudablemente a un jugador de semejante jerarquía estar liberado implica eh, empezar a ver este, mucho más de este tipo de actuaciones. are used to. Hello and hola to everyone y todos. You are listening to Miami Total Football Radio, the number one most listened to and bilingual inter-Miami focused podcast that has been heard in 50 countries and counting. It is here where the beautiful game collides with unmatched passion and professional coverage as we provide you with all the latest team news, analysis, opinions, inside information, general punditry, and much more via a team of seasoned South Florida-based reporters. My name is Franco Panizo, the host of this show, and the other three co-hosts that make up the team here are all in attendance. We do have a special surprise. We'll get to that in a little bit. And just to get into it all here, I will start with the squad. Jose Armando, Andrea Yanes, and our newest incorporation, Simon Evans. Otherwise known as Island Jose, Slash Cinco, Ajisita, and nickname to be determined for Simon. Although, El Gringo's not bad. El Gringo's not bad. Simon has dubbed that for himself. I don't, I don't hate it. No, but, I haven't. But, but I, but yes, you have. You were like, I liked it. I like it. Um, I don't hate it. I just think we could... We can come up with something, something a little more creative, but I'm working on it. I'm working. It has to like just flow naturally. But now that Simon has spoken, we'll start with you. How are you doing today on this fine Wednesday night? I'm very well, actually. Thanks. Yeah, I was just uh, just cooking a curry actually before this, so I'm a, a very very seasoned South Florida reporter. There we go. All right. So Andrea and Jose. We'll start with Andrea. How are you doing today? It's the day after Inter Miami's second consecutive win in the League's Cup. Are you rested up? You feeling good? Still tired? How you doing? Hi, guys. I am happy to be here. I'm still tired. I had to wake <laughs> up and go to the Dolphins today at 8 in the morning. So I am really tired, but happy to to get to talk to you about what what happened yesterday and, and eager to see what we all think. What time did you go to sleep? Because I imagine by the time you drove home, it's probably pretty late. Oh, don't get me started on that because I'm going to be talking here the whole hour when we got out of the stadium, like at 11.45, every, we have to take I-95 to our house and all lanes were blocked. So we had to go and get down and get to a turnpike and we got to our house almost at two in the morning. So Oof. it was not happy. And by the time <laughs> you got to unwind and everything, well, you didn't sleep a whole lot. All right. So you're going to be extra, extra spicy here, Ajisita, I imagine. Jose, how are you doing today? Did you get any rest or were you also up bright and early like Andrea? Uh, yeah, I was up bright and early. Um, but, you know, I I usually sleep well. So um, <laughs> once I got home, I was so tired that, you know, it took me five minutes to go to bed and and I was already on the other side. So, um, but no, yeah, excited to talk about Inter-Miami. I think, that, I feel like, you know, we're going to be talking about a different team than, you know, what we've seen in the last... Uh, Three years, so yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you got some rest because you, Andrea's usually the driver um, when you guys drive home into events. Usually she's driving, so I imagine you took a little power nap on the on the way down. But uh, I won't let you defend yourself. Nonetheless, let's I, move on. No, I, no, no, no defending. No defending. <laughs> I was working on my way down. All right, so we have a special surprise here. 
for the listeners. If you're a long-time listener, you're going to find this to be a nice little treat. If you're a new listener, you'll either love him or you'll hate him. And I'm teasing it by saying him because we welcome back Steve El Primo Brenner to Miami Total Football Radio, his home. Welcome back, Steve. Welcome to the podcast that you helped make what it is today. So how are you doing? How has it been to be away? What the heck have you been up to? And why are you now reappearing at Inter-Miami Games? How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm just going to hold back the tears for a minute. That was very, <laughs> very emotional. You know? um, no, it's I've, well, I've got a different job now. So I, I'm, I'm like a general sort of senior reporter. So I'm covering all different things. So a good example today, well, I did the Messi game in Inter-Miami last night. I was then writing about... A cafe owner that um, that threw that hit her bra at Drake during a concert in New York. Oh, she's, she's running now for Playboy a... now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spoke to her today. Yeah, Veronica. Yeah, I did a story about that, and then I was also writing about LeBron James's son who had a heart attack on on Monday, but it's thankfully okay. So um, I'm writing about different, varied, wider, wonderful things now. But the magic of and I haven't forgotten you or anyone else into Miami, but I just my uh, attentions were just I had to spread them a bit thinner. But then obviously. With Lionel's arrival, uh, that sort of changed things a bit. And so I'm back more on the beat. So it's been nice to to be down there to see everyone and see uh, and see what's been going on. It's, it's definitely, well, yeah, it's an interesting time, isn't it? <laughs> I think you're the first person to call Lionel Lionel on this show. I don't even I think like, I don't even think Lionel. Simon has called him Lionel. Not even Simon. <laughs> <laughs> that is his name, though. I mean, so but Lionel. Leo, everyone calls him Leo, Leo now. Leo, Leo, you know, yeah, Lionel. I, I like I a bit of Lionel. <laughs> uh, so Lionel like Richie, Lionel Blair. After Lionel Richie, right? So Lionel Blair. it's Lionel. Lionel Richie. Oh, goodness. It's, goodness. Yeah, Simon, no, Lionel Blair, who was a very famous uh, UK sort of entertainment guy. So, um, yeah, so uh, there you go. So, Lionel. Well, we have now two Englishmen on this week's pod, and then we've got two Hondurans and one Peruvian. So, we've got a pretty diverse cast here i don't know if simon's feeling uh unified there if he's feeling a little jealous that the old star the old miami total football radio diva who was definitely the last one to appear tonight on our uh show before we recorded uh, i don't know if simon's feeling jealous or or happy he's got another englishman there but anyway all right we've got a lot to talk I'm about absolutely <laughs> delighted. Why, would, why would i not be delighted that more englishman the, the better yeah. yeah that's it yeah <laughs> Well, we've got a lot of Inter-Miami to talk about pleasantries aside. We've got this most recent win, the lopsided victory over Atlanta United to talk about. We have to talk about individual performances, of course, including Lionel Messi or Lionel if you're El Primo. We've got Sergio Busquets to talk about, Robert Taylor and the goal threat that he has become all of a sudden. Of course, we'll talk at the very end. Uh, about the tickets and pricing and the stadium not selling out yesterday and what that all means. Of course, at the very end, we'll do our beloved Q&A session and our final thoughts, although we might have to make them very brief because there's five of us. This is a new record for Miami Total Football Radio. So, a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. All right, so Inter-Miami hosted Atlanta United in the South Florida side's second League's Cup match. A win automatically assured advancement, and Inter-Miami prevailed. And they didn't just prevail, they won this one in lopsided fashion. A 4-0 victory. An early brace from Lionel Messi in the 8th and 22nd minutes. 
followed by a Robert Taylor brace in the 44th and 53rd minutes. Christopher McVay was sent off late on in the 84th with a red card for pulling down an Atlanta United attacker in the box. It was a penalty kick. Drake Callender makes a save. He preserves the shutout. And it is quite the party at Drive Pink Stadium as the team advances to the knockout rounds of this new competition. This was the Inter-Miami starting lineup in a 4-3-3. You had Drake Callender in goal. The back four from right to left, DeAndre Yedlin, Serhi Kristoff, Kamal Miller, Noah Allen. The midfield three, Sergio Busquets, Dixon Arroyo, and Benjamin Kremaski. Up top, Lionel Messi on the right, Robert Taylor on the left, and sandwiched in between them, Joseph Martinez as the number nine. So Inter Miami wins this one in, again, or by a large margin, in lopsided fashion. I mean... The biggest talking point was, of course, Messi's masterclass. He got two goals and one assist. I will start with you, Steve, since you're coming back on the pod here this week. Just how impressive was this performance from Inter Miami's new captain? He was given the armband. Uh, Tata Martino revealed that he was given the armband uh, on a more permanent basis. And he got his first start in this one. How impressive was this performance from Lionel Messi? It's just it's just followed on from sort of the end of Friday when he had that obviously that last gas free kick and and you know brought the house down. But he was he was great when he came on in, in the first match and it's just he's just seamlessly just sort of I think that was the point we I think when we were speaking to Busquets and a couple other people last night DeAndre Yedlin we're just saying how quickly they've kind of settled in. You know even last night he just sort of straight from the off he was he was really on it. I don't know if that you know we didn't know how fit he was. Um, I don't know if it says more about maybe the quality of opposition he was up against but I thought Cruz was all they should have been like 4-0 up by the time he he actually came on uh, or certainly in the, the opening stages so uh, no the way he settled has been uh, it's been yeah it's been great but then should we be surprised with the you know one of the greatest players of all time playing with an equally excellent player with in Busquets I mean um, should we be surprised no maybe not but it, it's still good to you know it's impressive to see them just sort of effortlessly just slip in and we've completely forgotten their bottom of the Eastern Conference and haven't won a game since uh, league game since May so all of a sudden uh, it's, uh, it's, it's happy days but no great a great start a great a great start but two excellent players that you can just see are just a level above any anything else and I guess you know once they start playing in MLS it's going to be interesting to see uh, you know, just the week week in, week out grind of the travel and everything like that will that take its toll you know he's only played at home so far but no fantastic start it's been a fantastic start, absolutely. And, you know, his two goals helped set the tone for this one. I think it took some life out of Atlanta. Because I don't think Atlanta started too poorly in the first 15 or so minutes. I mean, they, they had a, a goal called back for offside. And they had some of the game. They had some control of the game. But, you know, after Messi scored the first, and especially after scored the second, kind of took the life out of Atlanta. Jose, this one is for you, my friend. Um, obviously, it's Messi. Obviously... You know, you expect him to be at a high level because of his talent, isu jerarquia, um, you know, his overall experience, know-how, quality. But has this start in these two games, coming off vacation, surpassed what your expectations were for Messi? Three goals and an assist in two matches against uh, Mexican opposition and against an MLS team that is middle of the table, middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference, but... Did you expect this from Messi this early on, or did you think it would take a little bit more time given that he's playing in the South Florida heat and humidity? And again, 
coming off of a month-long break or so with his family? Well, you know, I I expected good things from him. But, you know, I think for me, it's more about, you know, how his teammates have been able to complement his talent, which, you know, it's there's no question about it. But I think the way that, you know, he, he was able to connect with, with Busquets immediately in a different environment and, and without a lot of training sessions and how they both together have been able to work with the rest of the team so that, you know, they can lead the way, you know, because there were leaders already in place in Inter-Miami. Maybe, you know, they were not as effective, obviously, because of uh, the results were just not there. But, you know, it's it did seem like, you know, the... The, the players were, were so welcoming of of Tata, his idea, and, and, and the trust was there that, you know, Messi and Busquets were, were going to be able to lead the way. And those two things combined perfectly in this in these first two matches. And and that's why to me it's not as surprising to, to see him have success here in the States. But what is surprising to me is the way everybody else around him, they just have been able to accept and to acknowledge that, yes, we need to follow him no matter what. We need to trust him no matter what. And this goes not only for Messi, but for Tata, who I think deserves a lot of credit, and for Sergio Busquets, of course. Andrea, you're up next for this following question, but I am surprised, legitimately, that Simon has not yet rubbed it in my face especially, that Messi played more than 60 minutes because last week I was telling him it was blasphemy to think such a thing and yet Messi played more than 60 minutes in this game. I think So in, in the two matches he totaled what? Over, I mean we have to do the exact math, but I think it was 78 and, and what, 30, 36? If you don't include stoppage time. So, I mean, yeah, he played over like 111, 120 minutes almost. So, um Simon, anything you want to say there? Anything you want to say to boast? Yeah, I was right, or... wasn't it? That's what I'm going to say. I told you so. That's what, exactly what I'm going to say. No, you were you, you were completely dismissive when I said that he would make an impact in the first game and then they wouldn't be able to resist the temptation to start him in the second. And that's exactly what happened, and quite rightly so. I mean, he looked a bit tired in the second part of it, didn't he? You know, yeah. and, and, and Busquets did as well. Um, I don't think either of them would have been anywhere near ready for... 90 minutes of a really tough game against one of the better Mexican teams in this tournament or something like that. But for that game, it worked perfectly fine. The thing that's impressed me mostly about, about his start is, is, is the way he's lifted the players around him. Yeah, The way everybody has instantly raised their game. Playing better. Everyone's playing better. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wild. No, no, sorry to keep, continue. I'm just saying it's just wild how you see... Like, I, I don't think there were very many players who had a bad game last night. Uh, I think maybe Joseph Martinez. I don't know if he had a bad game. He just didn't have a, a good game. Uh, but almost everyone else played pretty well. Um, and it's, you know, besides Busquets and Messi, it's essentially the same team, albeit with some tactical differences. So, Simon, continue if you have anything to add. Otherwise, I've got a question for Andrea. No, I think like players players are, are realizing, and they, and they said this to us, didn't they, afterwards mm. in the mix zone, that, you know, we've got to be up to, up to the challenge here. And so you see people going the extra yard and putting things in. You know, that Robert Taylor's um, return pass on Messi's, uh, it was his... Se- uh, second goal. Second goal. You know, he was at full stretch there. He really wasn't in a comfort... 
would he have would he have gone all that way there? Would somebody have been making that run? Would he have known that run was coming if it wasn't for Messi? I don't think so. Same with Yedlin bombing down the right like he's 20 years old again. You know, these, these things are because they know good things are going to happen. They're going to get the ball back. Things are going to be delivered. So that adds to the sort of level of confidence. So the whole team has been transformed. That's what surprised me. They're playing with alegria, right? They're playing with a joy and a happiness. This is a different Inter Miami. They're attacking, um, and when you have the ball and you're able to boss possession, you get more touches in, you're having more fun than when you're just chasing the ball and trying to win it back. We'll, we'll get back to that in a, in a moment. Andrea, Simon touched on something that I was already going to ask you, but Simon helped me with the transition. Messi did get gassed in this one. He was fatigued, and he did come out of the game which is a rare sight for him in his career. He normally doesn't come off. Maybe it was you know, for the best because of the, the messy masterclass that was on display and he got a standing ovation from, from the home crowd. Um, but nonetheless, he was subbed out in the 78th minute? Yeah, 78th minute. Um, you know, what were your thoughts on seeing Messi come out of the game? Because, you know, he, he does the gesture. I, I caught the gesture. It's on Twitter if you haven't, because I know the broadcast didn't catch it. Uh, but he looks towards I the sideline. I was surprised. I was surprised because he sh- he, he was asking since before the, the last corner kick he, he took. He was already tired. He couldn't take it anymore. And it surprised me that Tata didn't take him off with Busquets because he ha- he was already tired. That is why he had to turn and ask for Tata. And we all saw it that he asked for to come off because he was tired since... I think the 55th minute, he was not running as before. Mm-hmm. He was already being affected. And listen, I was on the field. He was in front of me. And he was breathing like when we breathe, when we are waiting for media availability at <laughs> 10 a.m. in the morning under that sun. He hyperventilating. Was really, yeah. Uh, hap- yeah. Hyperventilating like excessively. I, I, I don't think that he imagined that the heat would affect him in that manner. And uh, it really surprised me when Busquets came off and Tata didn't take him off I guess uh, we know that he calls the shots he calls the shots and he, and, he, and he's going to tell the coach when he thinks he should get off but um, it really surprised me that he lasted that, that long uh, I think I think in this game we could we can see that Messi is going to dominate MLS uh, I think against Cruz Azul he had a nice game but not not as for me Busquets was better against Cruz Azul than what Messi did to, to tell you the truth, but he had the, the last winning freaky goal that, that was a, a movie ending, but he didn't have as good as a game as he did against Atlanta, and that is because of the quality of the team. Simply, Cruz Azul is a better team than Atlanta. So uh, it was super easy for Messi to 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 get those two goals in, in, in the first 20 minutes, and uh, I think that is what, it, what, what we can expect of him in, in MLS and it's going to be interesting to see him in this tournament if they can keep playing rivals from Mexico it will be better for them and it will be better for Inter Miami even if they lose because that is the only serious competition like according to the level that they're gonna get this year what blasphemous blasphemous um I will say that you touched on an interesting point there and I'm glad that you were able to provide that insight because the rest of us sit in the air-conditioned press box uh, and we watch the game from a different point of view, from up above, where tactically you can see things a little bit better in terms of the formation and the movements, but you don't pick up on those little details like you just discussed about 
Messi's breathing. It's really hard to to see that from where we're up in the press box. So um, no, I appreciate that that insight and probably insight that you probably can't get anywhere else. So thank you, Andrea, for that. Now I don't agree with everything you said there. Um, one question, and I guess this is where all of us can chime in, and we'll we'll have a little back and forth here. I imagine I can't imagine all five of us will be of the same opinion. Which game from Messi was better? Which one of the two? Was it the debut with the stunning free kick golazo to put an exclamation on a victory? Or actually to give the team a victory? Or was it this performance where he got two goals and an assist and set the tone for a lopsided victory? A lopsided victory that, by the way, matched the largest margin for a win in Inter-Miami history... The previous four-goal triumph came uh, in October of 2021 against FC Cincinnati, a 5-1 to home win for the South Florida side. I will start with El Primo. Which game was better, Steve, in your opinion? Don't give me the old-school Primo riding the fence. I want a concrete opinion. Which one was better, in your, I in your think opinion? Friday, I think Friday night, because when he came, it was one all when he came on, right? It was one zero, and then they gave up an equalizer. It was one zero. So yeah, so it was it was a much it was a much tighter game, and just the excitement of him sort of coming on and being there, and the first chance everyone saw of him, and then of course the the finish, which was just brilliant. Um, yeah, last night was impressive. It was also good, but no, I'll, I'll if you want me to stick to one, you won't get upset, and I'll um, <laughs> I'll say that I'll, I'll stick with Friday night because it was dramatic. It was just one of those kind of moments you felt but then going into last night I was kind of thinking oh you know there's not going to be so many people here and I know we'll get onto the tickets in a bit and uh you know it's it, the first one was great but then this is just run of the mill then we sort of left and well, wow that was that was quality just because he you know you know he just lit up helped light up the, the match really but I will stick with Friday I'm with you 100% that I think Friday was the better of the two games. I, I'm not saying by any stretch before anybody gets it twisted that he had a bad game against Atlanta United but I think overall his performance and the way that it ended with him delivering that clutch free kick goal, the golazo, I like how Andrea described it, like a, a, uh, the ending to a movie. You know, that sweet finish, the, the dream finish to his debut at home with a free kick in front of La Familia. I mean, all that you have to take into account and part of the context. Even still, I think his performance in the short cameo that he had not short, shorter cameo that he had. I think he was slightly above where he was against Atlanta United, where, like uh, Andrea mentioned, he tired in the second half, right? So his his performance in the second half wasn't to the same level as it was in the first half, um, where he clearly dominated play or helped dominate play. I'm going to stick, or I'm going to stay in England. Simon, which game was better in your opinion? Which game was better? Yeah, I mean, which um, which game from Leo Messi? The debut or this lopsided victory where he scores two goals and gets an assist? They're really different things, aren't they? I mean, I agree with what Steve said, really. You know, I think on, on Saturday morning, you woke up and you still had, like, sort of adrenaline and buzzing from that because it was just such a dramatic, you know, historic moment, really, for, for the club and MLS and everything for... Messi to come on and score that goal and the whole place going crazy and everything. But the Atlanta game was much more an indication of, 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 of how far the team's come, offered much more of a clue about where it might be going. Um, 
So, yeah, I would say last night was overall more impactful. Um, not as dramatic, not as headline-grabbing, but the fact that he was pulling the strings completely, the, you know, what happened with you know the transformation of so many players and the way the team was playing. You know, I didn't think after the game against Cruz Azul that, oh, you know, into Miami, they, they're probably going to go and get into the playoffs here. They can go and do this. And they'll probably win the U.S. Open Cup and they might win the League's Cup. I didn't think those things just on the back of a dramatic free kick um, in a game where they could have been 3-0 down after 20 minutes. But last night, I left last night thinking, yeah, it's not unrealistic for this team to go and win eight or nine games out of 12. It's not unrealistic at all. They're going to win the World Cup. They're going to win the World Cup, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the treble treble is on, as we were saying. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, on, Simon. We were not saying the treble was on. You said the treble was on. And listen, last time I doubted you on this podcast, you you proved to be right. So maybe there's something to that. But, I mean, that's that's a big ask. And when you say treble, of course, we're talking... League's Cup, Open Cup, and MLS Cup. Of course, Supporter Shield is out. Uh, Please, out yes, of the I was going to say that. That's out of the question. Here, count that. Nonsense. <laughs> si- si- Simon, Simon did mention yesterday when we started talking about this briefly in the press box. He goes, "But if they go and win the Concacaf Champions Cup, which is what I think it's going to be called now," um, he was like, "It would be the quadruple." So, um, nonetheless, Simon, to to make it clear, to make my question a bit more clear, I don't think my question was clear enough um, in general. There with you. Which performance from Messi did you like better? Fridays or Tuesdays? It's just an opinion. Tuesday. You like Tuesdays. Tuesday. Okay. All right. I feel like Jose is going to agree with you because we had a slight little debate yesterday. Not, no, we didn't go into too much detail. Jose, which game from Messi did you like better? Fridays or Tuesdays? Um, Tuesday. I, I think I think that was a more complete performance. Um, obviously, you, you know the free kick on Friday was just uh, magical. It was amazing, an amazing ending. But um, I, I thought last night he was he was just a lot better. He was a lot better the first half. Um, and again, the way he was able to you know just dictate the tempo. Um, to me, it was really interesting how you know sometimes. Um, you know, his teammates, they just wanted to run and run and run like they're used to. And, you know, several times we saw Messi, we saw Busquets just trying to slow things down a little bit. And that's 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 on them. That's uh, that's also on Messi. It's not only about, you know, the goals, the assists, but the way he has been able to lead in such a, a short time. So and and I thought last night was the perfect example for that. So that's why I, I'm, I'm going to go with, with Tuesday. Andrea, what did you think? Tuesday or Friday? You, you're the tiebreaker, actually. Cause well, so- well, I already said it. it. It was better yesterday. Yes, Friday was awesome with his uh, free kick and that ending, but they the team didn't play as well. They didn't even dominate Cruz Azul the way that Cruz Azul well, dominated time out, time them out, time in the out, time first out, time half. Time out. So, so Andrea, time out. But you can't talk about team performance. United, you can't talk about team they, performance though. He didn't start against against Cruz Azul, so like you can't yes, expect. Yes, but him to... even when he came in, he didn't have an impact. He only had one one pass through Joseph Martinez, and uh, and the goalkeeper stopped it, and he didn't have any more plays. 
What what place do you remember from Messi against just, Cruz Azul? The, that pass to Joseph Martinez, ball. the through ball into DeAndre Yedlin, some dribbling runs, the one where he did that that, that yeah, crazy that crazy like half turn. Nothing like yesterday. He's, yesterday was better footballistically for the show and his debut. Yes, his free kick was amazing, ending. But for uh, his performance in on the field, he was better yesterday. He dominated Atlanta United like he couldn't do Cruz Azul. I disagree. I disagree. I think when he came on. And of course, along with Busquets, you can't you can't separate them because they've played together, started Busquets together. Busquets had a better game than Messi against Cruz Azul. I I don't know Cruz, if I agree Busquets with that. Busquets brought back to the to the center of the field, and that 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 made the difference against Cruz Azul because Cruz Azul were running through the midfield, and once Busquets came in, the team settled, and they uh, Busquets helped give a pause to the team like Jose said and like they did also yesterday the team doesn't run like crazy like they did against Cruz Azul uh, with Robbie Robinson for example that who was running crazy and was chastised by, by Messi a couple of times I saw it and yesterday they were different because from the first minute they play different because they had Messi and Busquets. They and, had them exactly. on the field from the first minute. So but then, he had a better performance. No, he couldn't, even though if he he came in the second half against Cruz Azul, Franco, he didn't make a difference on the field. Disagree. He made I disagree. A from a, from disagree a free fully. Kick. He gave Inter Miami a play, an actual playmaker that could string together passes that could combine in the attack. But did they could... take advantage of that? He came. They came in and they they tied. Just so just because. His teammates don't finish off plays or don't do it. Doesn't mean he had a bad game. I thought he had a, listen, the only two plays. I'm not I, saying he I, had a bad game, but he had a better game yesterday. I dis- I still disagree. Listen, the only two plays, and I've rewatched the game. The only two plays in which he messed up against Cruz Azul, from my memory, from rewatching it a second time, or watching it a second time, were two dribbles where he was a little too casual and. Cruz Azul players took the ball away from him. Only twice. Those were the only two plays. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember a misplayed pass. I don't remember a misplayed pass. About the impact that he has on the field. He had. He didn't. If you forget the free kick, if Saeed no, no, Martinez but you can't forget the free, free kick. kick. You can't forget the free if, kick. If so Saeed I, Martinez hadn't called the free kick, they would have ended up tied. Like say, and say, say remember any 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 opportunity that the team had, right? Saying forget the free kick is like saying forget his two goals from yesterday. Frankly, like, if that, you're talking about football, yes, because they couldn't dominate Cruz Azul like they did Atlanta United. So that that team played better against I, Atlanta I, again, United. I disagree. When when Messi and Busquets came in against Cruz Azul, the tie changed. The the momentum of the game changed. Yeah, but they didn't dominate them like they did Atlanta. I mean, didn't you just say Cruz Azul is a higher level opponent than Atlanta, which is arguable, but didn't yes. you just say that? Okay, so then... Exactly. So, so I mean, I, again, I take the, the game, I take his performance on Friday. He I, Again, I saw two plays in which he uh, didn't do well on. The rest, his passes were on point, he combined well. Maybe it wasn't a foul. I know we didn't really t- touch on that, Simon, on the last pod. Was it a foul uh, on, the, on the play that led to the game-winning free kick? Maybe not, maybe not. Um, but nonetheless, he delivers in the last gasp play on the last second. And it's not like it was an easy free kick, you know, from in close. I mean, it's not, a free kick's never easy. And he, and he delivered, um, again, I take his game on Friday. Against Atlanta United, he forced some passes, uh, a few times and lost the ball. Again, second half, 
You couldn't tell me he played at the same level he played in the first half. Like, the first half were, were an exceptional 45. Second half, he he faded as he got tired, which is, you know, no crime. But um, nonetheless, all right. Well, I guess you three think Tuesday, Primo and I, that's the only reason I brought him on, um, <laughs> we say we say last Friday. I wonder what the listeners think. Let us know uh, on Twitter and in uh, the comment section on this podcast, whether it's on YouTube or uh Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Um, all right, let's move on to Busquets. Because, and I'll go to you on this one, Simon. Because, I mean, he's obviously a midfield general. You know, he did have some sloppy turnovers in this game that could have been punished. A better team takes advantage of those. I think he had at least three, if my memory serves me correct. But still, I mean, he's making a big difference as well, right? With his ability to... Give the team una pausa, some calmness, some composure, um, not play so helter-skelter. You know, the team at times looked very, very comfortable in possession, um, even as Atlanta United try to try to press them and, and, and harry them, and they just knocked the ball around with ease. And I think a big part of that is Busquets' presence and an ability to link up from, you know, the back line uh, forward to the attack. So you talked to me earlier today uh, via WhatsApp about you know, how both he and Messi are doing a little bit of coaching. But if we focus more a little bit more on Busquets, just your overall, overall impressions on him after this game that adds to that first appearance last Friday. I thought he was uh, hugely impressive on Friday. I think everybody came away for it going, wow, we've signed two mm-hmm. superstars here, not just Messi, Busquets as well. Um, didn't get that feeling as much last night. I thought he looked a little bit off the pace. Um I think maybe the heat, he, he talked about that a little bit afterwards, mm-hmm. that he's not used to playing in that kind of heat at all. The humidity, um, the humidity as much as much as the heat. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, 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 absolutely. So I don't think it was that impressive for him last night. What is impressive is, is the way he is communicating a lot with players on the field, telling them to calm down, telling them to play the simple ball, telling them to keep possession, to look open, look for open passes and all the rest of it. Um and he did say in the mix zone as well that, look, I, I know how Tata wants us to play. I played under him before. I know his tactical system. And yes, my job is to transmit that on the field to the players, not just the young ones either. He was a point, point, very pointedly said that, not just the young ones. So I think he's, he's, he's a fantastic player. He's passing superb. But last night was a little bit of a drop-off from, from Friday's level where he was just outstanding. He was, he was threading passes through everywhere. Last night, like you say, gave the ball away a few times. Not quite as dynamic. and uh, But also, it was a game where, you know, Miami were dominating possession in the first half in Atlanta's third of the field. So there's much less of a role for Busquets in that. Whereas on on, on Friday, Cruz Azul were, were, you know, much more of a presence in midfield. And he, had, he, he was much more important to the game. So I'm not worried by his performance last night. Um, he shows... Still showed moments of quality. Um, but Work yeah, in progress. Definitely. Work in progress. But yeah. Simon just said exactly what what I was saying. That game from, from Busquets on Friday was extremely good. For me, he, he changed the, the way that Inter Miami was looking, and I agree 100%. Well, he did have in this one. We can't we can't mention Busquets in the game against Atlanta United without talking about his exquisite pass to Messi 
for the opener. Busquets doesn't get the assist because Messi didn't finish cleanly on his first shot, but, you know, jokingly people were saying Messi was playing a give-and-go off the post because Busquets plays a, a great uh, ball in over the top, and Messi times it perfectly uh, behind LA United's high line. Messi's in on goal, shoots it High line the... that they completely messed up, to be fair, Franco. Well, I mean, I mean they were, it, they it were playing a high right. line, and, and Inter-Miami took full advantage. I mean, Busquets picks out the pass because he sees Messi start making the movement. I mean, that, that intuitive, in-sync play from the two of them, I mean, obviously, this is not a surprise to anyone, but it shows that they have that understanding, that they that they know what each one of them is going to do. This is not They're not two brand-new teammates like Messi is with the Robert Taylor or Messi is with uh, uh, Joseph Martinez or Messi is with uh, Benjamin Kremaski. I mean, they understand each other. They're already on the same page. They understand each other's movements. They understand what each one of them likes to do and are going to do. I mean, you can say Atlanta United didn't do a good job at the back with the, with the high line and... Um, but the pass is exquisite, and, and the timing of the run is magnificent. Uh, the finish but, could but have been better, play. but it, it, he gets but, it on the rebound. But if you're Atlanta, what do you, you know? What do you do? Do you hold a high line and just try and make sure he doesn't get in behind, or do you let him run at you? I mean, you, you <laughs> kind of, you, you kind of, it's one or the other, isn't it? I mean, it's very difficult to, to, to mark him or to man mark him. So then, what you know? How do you combat it? They they just didn't do a very good job at it, I guess. But it must be difficult for opposing managers to look at that and think, you know, what, what, how are we going to try and stop him? I, th- I think a, I think more of the errors or the issues yesterday for Atlanta United were that they did not press Busquets, so they didn't get a man on Busquets to rush him into decisions more often. Uh, Jose, I don't know if you agree with me on that, but. Um, you know, a lot of the mistakes that we previously discussed about Busquets, they were self-inflicted. It wasn't like, you know, someone forced him into a bad bad decision. Like, one ball got away from him, um, he made a bad pass in another one. It wasn't like he was pressured into these decisions. Uh, and I think that that's where Atlanta United maybe messed up a little bit in terms of their game plan. You know, because if you let Busquets <clears throat> find his rhythm and find his flow, <clears throat> that's going to be contagious for the rest of the group. And then, of course, you know, it also allows him to, to pick out Messi like he did on that eighth-minute uh, sequence, which again, before that, Atlanta United was looking the better team in those opening minutes. Uh, they were a little more threatening, but after that goal, things started to turn and enter into Miami's favor. Jose, do you agree with me? Disagree with me? Yeah, I, I, I think I told you that in the press box. You know, I thought, you know, more than anything, what, what Gonzalo Pineda needed to do is to find a way to stop Busquets because he was not as sharp. Um, with the ball, but yet he he was still affecting the game mm-hmm. in, in in a very important way. And so, you know, he, he needed to find a way to stop him. And, and you know, I, I watched the goals early this morning again, and, and I tweeted this out because um, I, I think, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Messi or Busquets because, you know, if there are mistakes, they deserve the credit for taking advantage of them. But the defending from Atlanta United was was horrible. I mean, it was horrible. Like that pass from from Busquets, you know, he has all the time in the world, surrounded by um, Atlanta players, and none of them, none of them, make a move to stop the bad pass. You know, they they're just standing and waiting for, you know, for Busquets to put that ball through, and, and then obviously we know what happens next. And you know, similar situations in in most of the goals. You know, the fourth goal is a it's a three on two. Um, all all defenders for Atlanta United running back. No player makes a run at the ball. You know, usually at that point when you know you have a, a talented player like Messi, 
you have to make a decision. You go for the ball, and it, it's you. You can let you can let one of them go on, it's, on the fourth it's goal. Player. Yeah, the fourth goal. Yeah. It's, it's the player yeah. or or it's the ball, but not both of them. So you have to make that sacrifice at the at that point. You have right. to make the decision. But you know, very MLS like. You know, everybody's running, running back, running back, running running back. And if you give Messi. Uh, that big of an advantage, he's going to make the right decision. And yeah. indeed, that's exactly what happened. The timing on the pass to Robert Taylor in the fourth goal was just perfect. And, you know, if we go through through all the goals, you know, the the um, the, the Cremacci assist uh, to Taylor as well, Cremacci, wide open, wide open in, in, in the middle of the box. Yeah, that's. I mean, but I, I think Jose. I think that that's. I mean, that on that play and that sequence, I think it's a byproduct of the attention that Messi draws, right? Because he draws two, three, sometimes four defenders. Uh, you know, in terms of who, that's their, bad who their eyes are on, right? Well, I mean, that's bad coaching. Bad coaching because you I don't know, know if that's bad coaching. Not, if, you, if if people just naturally coaching. draw to Messi, then I mean, look, Messi was involved in all four goals. Absolutely, like. You know, he doesn't get the, I don't know, actually I don't know the League's Cups if they do secondary assists or not. But if they, they do, do they, they do. do. So then Messi had two goals and two assists yesterday? Is that is that Correct, yes. Yeah, okay, so, all right, so yeah, of course, it figures because MLS is organizing the tournament, so it figures that they would stay true to their ridiculous uh, standard of doing secondary assists. So by that, Messi got two goals and two assists yesterday because he had that to pass is, the That's Tenemaski. ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> We've talked about that for years. Assist. We've talked that about... passed it to someone else. And then they passed it. Well, we've talked about this for years. We've talked about this for years, Primo, and, well, including still, still with you. Including with it's still a disgrace. I'm glad you're staying consistent um, with. Uh, I'll tell with Don Garber now. Don, that is a disgrace. Next uh, time I see it, anyway. uh, but uh, well, if Busquets rolls the ball out, uh, if, if if Calendar rolls the ball out to Busquets, mm-hmm. who who moves past two players and then plays a brilliant pass to Messi, who runs through, goes past two players, and puts it in the top corner. I think they Calendar count that. Gets a yep. secondary assist. Yep, I think yes. so. By MLS standards, yes, yes which is absurd. And anybody who's a longtime football, soccer, football uh, viewer, but I mean, Busquets we'll doesn't that... get an assist for that through ball because Messi hit the post first. Yes, correct. Okay, right. That, that all makes have, sense. How can you have it? two people assisting a goal? Well, it's a hockey assist. Anyway, That's all right, all right. The ball got the assist on Messi's goal. Uh, <laughs> Secondary assist. <laughs> uh, all right, so going back, no, going back to to the the fourth goal. Go, wait, going back to the fourth goal, um, which I agree with you, Jose. Nobody stepped up on Messi, and I get that you know they respect him and they don't want to get you know beat on the dribble. But it's a three-on-two numerical advantage for Atlanta United. And nobody stepped up on Messi. Knowing that Robert Taylor is making that, that sprinting, lung-busting run from behind to give Messi that outlet pass. Just nobody wanted to step up. Nobody said, all right, let me take him on. I mean, again, I think the, the, the his just sheer presence, su presencia on the field, that draws a lot of attention. You could say it's bad coaching. I don't know if I agree with that, man. If, if it's that player that's that gravitante, a player of, of that quality who just naturally draws a lot of attention. I don't know if you can put that on the coach. I mean, as a coach, you cannot allow your players to just, uh, you know, show. You can show respect. I mean, you can respect Messi, and and you, you should respect Messi. Everybody should respect Messi. But that doesn't mean that you have to strategize around him only, because you know he he's not going to do. Uh, he's not going to win games by himself. You know, he's going to need what? some help. What? So he's he needs help. He needs help. He needs help. He practically so, won this uh, one in the first 22 minutes for Inter Miami. Practically. 
Okay, so Busquets didn't pass him the ball. I mean, he did, but I mean, ah, okay, met, well, then met, not but, by himself. Ah. See, it's impossible to make the cross and 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 hit the header as well. That's what I'm talking about. So he's gonna need some help at some point. But, but if you're Gonzo Pineda, you know, uh, I guess you know it's understandable that coaches will go now in press conference and will be like, "Well, it's messy, so what do you want me to do?" But you know, it, it's about attitude as well. You know, you know, players need to understand that they they, they still need to play the game. You know, they're, they're not gonna go on the field as fans to watch Messi to destroy them. So to me, it's it's. It, I, again, I give I give Messi and Busquets a lot of credit. They deserve the credit because they had the opportunities and they took advantage of them. And you know, if they continue to have this type of of, of games where there's no pressure in the middle and uh, they can do whatever they want and dictate the tempo of the game, then you know it's going to be a lot of fun for Inter Miami fans. There's no doubt about it. Um, so I would expect teams in MLS to make an adjustment. I think as they play better opposition, you know, things will be just mm -hmm. a little bit more difficult. But then again. I, I think they, they have the talent to overcome. I mean, it's it, it's pretty clear. You know, the way that they have dominated um, Cruz, uh, Cruz Azul at times and, and uh, Atlanta United with under two weeks of training, I think it's very tough. Uh, so Andrea Andre told me that Inter Miami did not dominate Cruz Azul for stretches of that second that's, half. But anyway. That's Andrea. That's what Andrea <laughs> said. I'm a different... Uh, they were in the same household. We disagree sometimes, you know? Some, sometimes, sometimes. Let's listen to this quote from Joseph Martinez on Sergio Busquets. So that, that's where this, this talking point began. We, we obviously diverted towards Messi, but let's listen to this quote from Joseph Martinez on Sergio Busquets. It's a little tongue-in-cheek, and there is an expletive, so you are warned ahead of time. But let's listen to it here. Uh, they have in a team like a player like a Busquets. He's amazing, man. I think he's a genius. I prefer Busquets than Messi because he's a fucking Messi. Primo, back to you, my friend. Just what do you think is the, I don't know if I want to say the ceiling, but what is the next step for Busquets and Messi? Like, how good can they be once they get even more fit and once they get even more comfortable with their new teammates? Because if they're already playing at this level now in their first two games, I mean... It's only natural to believe it's only going to get better with a little bit more time, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you're, you're talking about two world-class players, and that's not something that Inter Miami have, have had in the past. You know, I'm not going to go back on Rodolfo Pizarro now. <laughs> Uh-oh. You know, Andrea seething. Yeah, no, but I mean, you know, you're looking at the different... It's just all about levels, isn't it? And it's a completely different level. Um, these are two seasoned world-class performers that have, that have been there and done it. It's got the T-shirt, all those cliches. It's just how they're going to cope in MLS, just going with the traveling and everything like that. We don't, we don't know about, we don't know. It's different, different climate. So, you know, only time will, will tell. But, I mean, just to have the, their experience together and their history, yeah, is it's, it's massive. And then with Jordi Alba coming in as well, that's another important kind of cog. So as long as they can stay fit and they adapt, you know, quickly, then, I, yeah, I mean, I can only see it going from, from strength to strength, really. But, yeah, it's pretty unique isn't it to get three players like that from one one team i can't think of that happening very often anywhere really has that happened a lot in mls where you know a team has bought such three high caliber no, I players mean, as, no, as a team i don't think that's happened anywhere. no one's brought messi no one's brought a player to love messi standard in, in mls in terms of quality forget the but outside attention at those as, a, as, a, as a threesome i mean 
Oh, I'm, no, so I'm that, saying, if no one's brought someone even like Messi, then no one's brought, you know, three of this kind. And look, speaking of Jordi Alba, uh, it sounds like he may arrive this week, late this week, um, and then begin training. He's already done, you know, some fitness regimen that Inter Miami gave him while he was abroad. But it sounds like he might arrive late this week. There are chances. I don't know how big the chances are, but there are chances that he could play next Wednesday in the round of 32, if I'm not mistaken, League's Cup match, which will be either against Orlando City, the Houston Dynamo, or Santos Laguna. Is that right? Yes? Do I have that correct? I think so. Um, all right, let's talk about another player very quickly who has also looked pretty bright in these two games, well, especially in this game. Uh, and that is Robert Taylor, who had two goals and one assist. And he also had a goal in the previous match against Cruz Azul without Messi on the field. All of a sudden, Robert Taylor has become a major attacking weapon. And it's two games, but he's become a big attacking weapon and a big goal-scoring threat. Actually, Andrea, we've been here since the start of the season. How do you explain this all of a sudden, I don't want to say turnaround, but this emergence from Robert Taylor as a... potential big piece of the Inter-Miami attack? Well, he has a coach that lets him play in his position and not someone who invents and puts him in defense or in a position that he's not suited <laughs> oh, for. Here we go. Here yeah, we go. there it is. So, there it is. There it is. Basically, hasn't taken long. Sorry, sorry. Before you continue, because, you know, Steve kind of took a, an unnecessary, like, little dig there at Pizarro, who... We all know is an Andrea fan favorite. Now I don't. I don't think Andrea's doing this in retaliation. I think she she actually <laughs> believes what she's saying yes. here, like fully. Yes. Um, and I don't disagree with you. Um, but it's just a little funny that it came right after uh, Steve yeah. said that. It's, it's a funny. It, but sorry, it Andrea. Is, continue. I'm joking. It is funny. It is funny. Yeah, we're joking around. It, it, it's we're joking around, but it, it really is. And I'm really glad that Robert Taylor is getting this opportunity because, listen, not only this year but last year he has been a player that has played every position except for goalkeeper for Inter Miami. So. Uh, for him to get to play in in his natural position, in his preferred position, and to get to be assisted and to get to play with Messi and Busquets is gonna elevate his game, and and it's going to show us the player that that Inter Miami should have been getting since before. But this is a new era, uh, and one of the players that is going to benefit from Messi and Busquets here, and even Jordi Alba when he comes in, like like you guys were were saying, is Robert Taylor. Um, and now that Stefanelli is injured, he is uh, the preferred winger. And you could see Messi really getting close to him, really liking him, uh, instead of the likes like Robbie Robinson, for example, who, who might, as I said before, Messi uh, lo regañó varias veces against Cruz Azul. So um, I guess Robert Taylor could, we, could, we, could, we, we are going to see, I'm sure, Robert Taylor getting better and, and getting better at understanding what Messi wants. He's one of, of the players that can get Messi without, like, build, without, imagine with, uh, we were talking about the, the few um, trainings that they have. He is one of the players in the team right now that does understand what Messi wants, what Messi needs, and uh, we are going to see that chemistry grow. He is the biggest beneficiary in these early days of Leo Messi's presence. Um, and I agree with you that previously, 
under Phil Neville, he got Lewis Morgan. You know, he got that Lewis Morgan treatment playing as a wing back, not playing in his in his best position, um, you know, tasked with more defensive responsibilities. Here in this one under Tata Martino, played in his preferred position or at least, you know, out out on the wing. I don't know if you could say his the right wing or the left wing is his preferred position, but out on the wing, a position that plays more to his strengths, and there's now more space for him to exploit. And a player of his qualities, because he does have quality. We saw early on in the season the golazo that he scored that um, we considered to be uh, a goal of the year candidate. I mean, he's got that in him. And the, and the first goal he scores in this one is un golazo. Like the way he takes it on the half volley, crossbody to the far post with, you know, potencia, with just pure strength, um, sheer power. I mean, it was, it was an impressive goal, an impressive finish. Not everybody in Inter-Miami can do that and can score a goal like that. Um, and Robert Taylor was able to do that. So he's definitely benefiting from the extra space that's allowed. We asked multiple players post-game about do they feel that space? Do they recognize that space? And I think that's something we haven't really talked about here. Um, and I think Jose was kind of around the point, or at least the point I would like to make, um, is that this is where I think Messi and Busquets are really going to thrive when it comes to MLS play. Because, yes, technically, they're better than everyone else. Physically, maybe on par, maybe not, not not elite in terms of physical aspects, but from a tactical and lectura, reading of the game, they're miles ahead of, anybody, of everybody else. And that's why I wanted to play that Joseph Martinez quote where he says, Busquets is a genius, because they're just miles ahead of everyone else. They see the game way quicker. They see plays unfold way quicker than anyone else. And I think that that's where they're going to really make their money. Of course, they're talented. I'm not taking any away from their technique and their abilities. Um, but I think that that is where they are, you know, light years ahead of most teams in MLS. I think, you know, Jose, you touched on the defenders, you know, going towards Messi and then on that on that fourth goal, the three versus two. Like, I just don't think they have that necessary, that reading and understanding of the game to make the right play. Where Messi knows exactly, all right, I'm just going to keep dribbling forward because you're giving me that space. And Messi, you saw, especially in the first half, something Simon and I spoke about yesterday at the stadium, is that both Messi and Busquets, you know, they're, they're doing a little bit of coaching out there. You know, they're pointing to players uh, where to pass. You know, to, to find the empty space or the open man. There was times where uh, there was one play in the first half where uh, Serhi Kristoff is on the ball uh, deep in Inter-Miami's defensive third as they're trying to build out. And he had nobody in front of him, but he was looking for a pass and surveying the field. And Messi waves at him to dribble forward. And Busquets starts dribbling forward and taking that space before then passing um, the ball. So both of them, I, again, they see the game uh, in a completely different way and at a completely different level which is is going to bode well for inter miami especially as more and more players get on the same page very quickly very quickly i just want a quick name a quick name from each of you because we've talked about you know the players that shone brightest or have shown brightest uh during this stretch and we know drake calendar and goal you know he's he's been superb all year long give me a name of another player that has impressed you during these two matches just a name We'll start with Simon. We're not allowed to say Robbie Goal, yeah? We've just done the... No, yeah, we the, just did Robert, yeah. No Robert, yeah. no Messi, no Busquets, and no uh, Drake Calendar. Give me one of the other oh, role players that have that have impressed you. Just an Yedlin. Yedlin has. Yedlin has. He really has. I've been, I, I think he, he looks like the Yedlin of old again. He, he's come alive. All right. Now, Jose. Um, I think... 
I think Kamal Miller. Mm. You know, I think he's 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 going to really help this team. You know, and put and take some of the pressure off Busquets. You know, to you know going all the way to the back to start the build up. I think Kamal Miller can be that player. I think he'll be even better once you know he gets uh, some rest, which you know it might be happening right now. We won't be playing until next Wednesday, so I think this is a good time for him to get some rest and and get back on track because yeah, he made some mistakes, but you know I thought his play was was good and and once he's able to get that that chemistry with Busquets and and you know understands the way he he wants and where he wants the ball. And I think it's going to be very, very good. But I, I still taking that into account, I, I would say he had um, two, two good games. Andrea, Jose stole that from me. I told him that. <laughs> I told him that. But he said you guys are two afternoon. different people, and you guys think different. Well, that's what he just <laughs> he said. He stole so. that from me. Right. He stole that from me. But yeah, I agree with him. I think Kamal Miller is going to be very important. Um, I think he is tasked by Tata and Messi and Busquets because they see him as that player that can come uh, out from the back and, and create games. That We saw that, especially uh, yesterday's match, that they were touching the ball a lot with them, with him and, and Busquets and, and, and Messi. So I think he is going to be an important piece um, in, in, this, in this defense especially. And um, and in the chemistry that he gets with Busquets and also with Messi, I think they they both do see him and do trust him that that he is the most solid uh, one of that backline. Primo, Europe, and don't copy anybody's answer unless you really, really, really think. Well, no, I think Joseph Martinez has looked has looked pretty sharp. I've never really seen. I haven't really seen too much of him in in the flesh. Came on and on as you a have sub- to be kidding. <laughs> You I know that one. That's yeah. That's that's uh, that's an interesting take. You have to be. He <laughs> <laughs> was good last night. I thought was he good? I literally, I literally said earlier. I mean, this is like, listen. This is my opinion, not, not your opinion. But I, I think he was of the starters, probably the the weakest starter in the bunch. That's well, he my did opinion. okay. I mean, he, he did okay. He was he was in and around the box? I think that that's an interesting front three, isn't it? He, Messi, Martinez, and Robert Taylor. Jose cannot Jose cannot disagree with you more because he was saying Joseph well, Martinez had a massive upgrade from some I of the other. Can't nonsense. believe it. Hold on, hold on. Let's let's go to Steve. Let's let Steve finish out his thought. Oh, that's a, that's a massive up. Whatever you think, I mean, that's a massive upgrade from you know the stuff that maybe happened at the last season or the season before that. I mean, that's got to be the strongest sort of front line. It's a little bit. Unorthodox, I guess we used to say that you know Robert Taylor wouldn't always put him right there. You probably put him in wide midfield, but I'd, I'd, I'd be happy with that on on Football Manager for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we haven't even talked about your Football Manager career. If you're even no, playing anymore these days. by the wayside, man. I've actually, you know, got a job now, so I've got enough <laughs> time for that. A little, but, a, little oh, I, a little throwback, a little throwback for the for the old school listeners. Hold on, hold on, Jose, Jose, because Jose said you've got to be kidding me, Jose. Why? Why do you disagree well, with that so strongly? Because I mean, I, listen. Last night you two even said it. I think on the one shot that Joseph Martinez actually had that he shot it, you know, over the oh, wide and over the goal in the first the dummy, half. The dummy for Messi's goal. The dummy, beautiful dummy. <laughs> Jose, why? Why do you disagree so strongly? Quickly, quickly. No, just you know, just because I I, I think Joseph Martinez was just uh, on the field because Inter Miami needed eleven players to start the game. <laughs> you know, uh, to be honest, if 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 Inter Miami plays without Joseph Martinez, they probably still win the game for zero. No, you know, no, he was not the maker at all. 
um, he, he's Messi's friend. And that's but why you, you know, Jose, the thing is that when you play with Messi, that, that is sort of what, of what happens with, with, with a number nine. When you see Messi, and that's why it became like um, uh, a moda. How do you say moda in English? I totally style, a fashion, a, a, style, a, trend, a, a, trend, a style, a trend, a trend, a trend, a trend. Because he couldn't play not even with Eton, not even with Ibra. Uh, he couldn't play with with a pure nine. Uh, it didn't. Uh, the nine was completely forgotten. And maybe Joseph is willing to 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 play to play the game. Yeah, Luis Suarez is the exception. The once he got to Barcelona. But uh, if you see when when Messi started winning with with Barca and Pep Guardiola, uh, not a number nine of the qualities of Eto and and Ibrahimovic could play. It was comfortable playing as a number nine with Messi because the game passed by him and by the wingers. And well, so I, I think it's, I think it disappeared because he's past his prime. And um, you know, he he doesn't yeah, have with enough that also. He doesn't have <laughs> enough to, to play alongside Messi. It's just I mean it's it's too big a gap, you know? I mean he, he technically with with the ball he's he's good. I mean he's still, you know, he can he can make some passes every now and then. But you know, on the long run, you know, he's he's just not at that level, and not that Campana will be. But I think there's more, um, you know, th th there will be a lot more that Inter Inter Miami will take out from Campana and Messi playing together than what Joseph and Messi can do just because they get along. You know, uh, Lionel, I, need, I, Lionel I, needs people close to him. He needs people who love him. Helps Lionel, Lionel. Listen, I agreed with you, Primo, earlier. I disagree with you pretty strongly here um listen I, I think he combines well and he he gets the flicks and the and the quick passes with Messi I think that part of the element and and progressing the ball forward I think that's he does a good job of but being like the lethal number nine in the box uh, that's not his it, job Franco that's not his job which is not his job to he's score goals he's, he's his job is the first part you just described no I, I would well. disagree with that I disagree with that it, it, so so his job's not to score goals the job is for Robert Taylor to score goals every game and not the number nine I would disagree doesn't matter that. who scores the goals doesn't matter who scores the goals uh, this, this one four nil so you know we're not worried about goals going in are we with Messi and Robbie go banging them in everywhere no the 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 number nine in that system the way they played it last night he didn't play it perfectly But what he's doing is he's moving about and stretching and helping create spaces and leaving gaps for Messi and Taylor to move into. And that's what he was doing. He was playing almost like a false nine, really. I mean, he's not He's not going with, to... With, exactly. With two, that's the system two, that what, Messi likes. With two players like that, they're not out-and-out out wingers. Robert Taylor wasn't playing as a winger. He was playing as a left-sided attacker who's cutting into that inside left part of the box where his goals came from. That's his job, to get into there. Messi's on the right-hand side, cutting in, going where he wants, doing what he wants. And Martinez is there to be a nuisance in the middle and stretch people about and move. And, yeah, you want him to get goals, obviously. But, um, but so, I, I do disagree, do so, disagree Simon, with... you're telling me that they're looking at Luis Suarez, which is probably not going to happen this summer, but they, they want to bring him in because they want flicks and tricks. And they, they, they don't want goals from that number nine. We have we talked about this with Simon and you, Franco. They're gonna bring Luis Suarez because he's Messi's friend. If we were talking about Joseph being in at least Joseph is younger. Luis Suarez is old and not good physically. I mean, we I'm listen. To, to be fair, to be fair, right. yeah. To be fair, we like. I, I mean, maybe maybe not Simon, but the rest of us had real questions about Sergio Busquets, and maybe not. Primo because he hasn't been on in a while. The rest of us had questions about Busquets and whether he would be able to to handle 
the the athleticism and the back and forth and the transitional play of MLS. And so far, I mean, again, it's it's not it's exactly MLS. Games. Exactly, so it's early and days. And not travel. But the early it's days. Games at home. Fair enough, but the early returns are positive, not negative. So listen, I mean, when it comes to age, these players have so much quality, and you maybe you you could be right. Maybe you could right. Maybe Suarez would come here and struggle. I think he'd still be an upgrade over Joseph. I don't necessarily agree that the number nine is not there to score goals. And yes, they scored four in this one, but at some point you're going to need your number nine to score goals and more consistently. Joseph hasn't done that this year consistently. It's been two games with Messi. He hasn't done it yet. Okay, we'll see a third game probably next week. But, um, you know, I, I'm with I'm with Jose. I think Campana would be an upgrade uh, at that spot, but I understand that Tata Martino has worked with Joseph Martinez and probably has him higher up the depth chart right now. Uh, let's so round... who's your player? Because you, oh, my you player. controversially right. attacked Steve because of his opinion, and you didn't say your I, player. I attacked him. I attacked him <laughs> after Jose attacked. I just gave Jose backup. Jose, backup. Um, I I really like Kamal Miller. Um, you know, and, and I know two of you already said that. Um, I agree that DeAndre Yedlin has, has risen his level. One player that I think has kind of flown under the radar, but I think is benefiting as well from the presence of Messi and Busquets is Dixon Arroyo. I think he's now being asked to do less and more on the defensive side, which plays to his strengths, and he's doing it well. Yesterday, he had a very well-timed slide tackle um, to put out a fire when Atlanta United was attacking and looking uh, a bit dangerous, and that's just one of a few moments he's had. He's also played uh, because, you know, you said this is a 4-3-3, but when Inter-Miami defended, it was a 4-4-2. Joseph Martinez and Messi would stay high up. Robert Taylor would drop in on the left side of the midfield, and Dixon Arroyo would push out to the right side of the midfield to help cover DeAndre Yedlin, who's not the the strongest defender, right? Defensively, he's not he's not the best um, at marking. And then you had Busquets and Kremaski in, in the middle. Um, Arroyo's been playing this right-sided defensive midfielder role even since the last 20, 30 minutes of the game against Cruz Azul, and I think he's done a good job at what he's being asked to do. He's not being asked to be flashy or sexy or or to score goals or get, get assists. He's there to break things up and progress the ball forward or pass it to Busquets and let Busquets work his, his magic from the midfield. So uh, I think Arroyo's quietly under the radar, um, been performing uh, at a better level. But, I, I, you know, if I had to choose one outright, outright, I say Kamal Miller. Kamal Miller has been, has been pretty, pretty good. Um, all right, we'll leave it there for on the field. Let's quickly go off the field because we've seen celebrity sightings. More celebrities in the house on Tuesday night. Who were some of the luminaries? Los, los espectadores de lujo. Uh, well, you had DJ Khaled. You had Diddy. You had Rao Alejandro, who is a bit of a controversial figure right now. Who is, a can- who is canceled? <laughs> and you had Camila Cabello. Those are, those are some of the... The famous people that were in attendance for Tennis. this. Tennis. Also had, uh, yeah, I was going to say, you also had the, uh, Diego Schwartzman and Victoria Sarenka from the yeah. Tennis Pro. There was a great clip with Schwartzman. See, Schwartzman was talking to Messi on the, while he was on the bench. So that exactly, was, that, yeah. That was also cool, yeah. Yeah, um, great, good at tennis. El Peque. So this has become a spectacle. Again, early days. We'll see if that sustains itself. But early days, it's become an event to come to uh, a game at Drive Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale to watch Lionel Messi and Co. Now, in terms of the stands and the fans that make up the majority of the people attending these games, yesterday was not sold out. 
And Inter-Miami, during Tuesday afternoon, put out uh, some a post on its social media handles, definitely on Twitter, definitely on Instagram, with a picture of Messi and Busquets' jerseys in the locker room, practically and pretty much confirming the reports that both of them were starting. And it was like, I think I think the captions would tell me like, starting to, the magic starts tonight or something like that. And it was like, last chance to get your tickets to tonight's game. To me, it was a clear attempt from the team to try to do one last push for people to go get tickets, to be like, hey, Messi's starting tonight, you know, it's worth it. But if you looked at Ticketmaster, the cheapest tickets available on Ticketmaster were $180. That's before taxes, that's before fees, before everything that Ticketmaster adds on. So you're looking at 200 plus for one ticket. Yesterday did not sell out. It's a midweek game. Midweek games uh, for MLS teams, regardless of the competition, unless it's like a final or, or some you know big one-off event um, or a rare match, they're harder to sell than a weekend game, right? People work the next day. People go to school. Oh, we're in summertime, but it, you catch my drift over the course of the year. Nonetheless, Jose, back to you. How concerning is it that the game wasn't sold out for Leo Messi's first start? You know, th- there was a lot of discussion, and I... I definitely, with uh, a lot of the readers on Twitter, um, had a lot of discourse about tickets, in my opinion, being way too expensive, especially given the economy that we're in today. And we don't have to get into all the social aspects of it, but it is a part of all of this. It is an element to people being able to attend the game. Because $200, that's just for one ticket. If you have a friend or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or... Uh, kids, you're talking about hundreds of dollars. And that's not including parking. That's not including any concessions. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty expensive event to be able to go to an Inter-Miami game these days. So, Jose, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't know if if concerning is the right word because, you know, it's it's an easy fix. Just lower the prices and you're, you'll, you'll have a full stadium. So, uh, I think it's an easy fix to the problem. But it is... Uh, it is surprising to me a little bit just because, you know, before um, Messi's arrival, you know, one of the talking points was the stadium is too small. They have to play at a hard rock stadium. And, you know, now I'm starting to believe that, you know, drive pink might be enough, you know, because uh, if they can't get 20,000 people to go to the to 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 a game just because it's a Tuesday, what makes you think they can triple that, you know, in a you know regular season MLS game or, um, you know, even the Open Cup final? I don't know if people know exactly what it means, you know, because most of the people that are going to the stadium now and that that are paying a lot of money, they probably haven't followed the team for a while and they just want, just they just want to go and watch Messi play. I know, you know, a, fa- so, a family, a family of three aren't going to spend one hundred eighty dollars a ticket to go. Right, on a, on a, Steve, no, you you have a, you have a missus and you have a daughter. It would cost you literally at least at least just for tickets alone six hundred dollars plus. No, it's, it's plus, way too expensive. Plus whatever parking, if you park, if not, you Uber or or whatever Lyft. Um, that's even more money, and then your daughter's going to want some food and some candy, oh, and so maybe a maybe a jersey. I mean, yeah. dude, that's that's for some people. This is like a whole week's worth of money in one event. And listen, I get it; it's messy, and you know the economics change and everything changes. But I think 
the the balance has been thrown out of whack. I think they've gone way too high on the prices. And I tweeted this yesterday, uh, and I stick with it firmly. It's not a matter of should ticket prices drop or that they should. They have to. Because the people that can pay these exorbitant prices on a consistent basis aren't going to go to Inter-Miami games on a consistent basis. They'll do it every once no. in a while and just because it's, it's the cool thing to do. But the people that are willing to go consistently... They cannot afford this, just generally speaking. And I'm talking on a majority. They cannot afford these prices. And that no, has to change. Club, that has to change. The club will be doing well, definitely now on a corporate level. I bet, you know, all the corporate packages are, are, are being snapped up. And, you know, they can charge P. Diddy whatever, whatever he wants. But they will definitely would have taken note. You hope they would have done, definitely. The swathes of NTCs, a lot of NTCs in front of the, of the press box. And yeah, people, look, if you initially want to put... The, rack the prices up but i think two couple of days out if you see that they're not selling you've surely got to got to reduce them but they are they are going to price out the local fan which is uh which is a shame um the fan is going to consistently go to games the fan is going to after messi and co-leave still be around if you keep them around if you isolate them i mean I think you're doing yourself a disservice. No, we'll have to see how it pans out. Are they going to play? Are they going to charge $180 a ticket when they're playing San Jose on a on a Wednesday night? I mean, exactly. That's what I said. I don't like know. you could do it against Cruz Azul because it was something different. It yeah, was Messi's debut, yeah. but not against an MLS rival because then this is going to happen. And it it was very unfortunate to see. Uh, to see the empty seats and also to see people that that can afford it because then you have to pay $40 for parking you have to pay uh, as you were saying 180 a ticket uh, it, it is really it, it is really too much i think it's it's really too much because when like when the heat had the the victory like yes prices went up but if you wanted to go to a 400 level to a game you could attend of course they have more games but a team cannot survive here in South Florida without people going to the stadium. And these tourists and the people that want to see Messi right now are not going to go every day, as Steve is saying. Imagine they play they play San Jose or they play Colorado Rapids. Who the hell is going to go? No one is going to go to the stadium. <laughs> well, I don't know if no one. I don't know if no one. Someone's going to go. People will go. Listen, but I do have friends and I do have family members that have regularly gone to games or have gone to games in the past. And when they have found out the prices, they're like, I'm not going because it's just too expensive. Like, let's not kid ourselves in what economy we're in today. Not what everyone's was the making. Cheapest ticket? What was the cheapest ticket? I just told you. Five dollars. When? At, for yesterday's game? It was 180. No, no, no. Before. Before. Oh, I mean. I guess that's. 20... Oh, no, but I mean last night. Last no, night. One, oh, last 180. Night. No, 180. 180 before the Ticketmaster fees tax and taxes, which again, get to over 200 bucks. So, um,. I'm curious to hear Simon's thoughts. Is I don't think we've really talked about this. We've really focused more on the on the field aspect. I do have one final question before we wrap up the segment related to fans, but not to this exact topic. But Simon, very quickly, your thoughts on the whole matter. No, I agree. It's it's, it's obviously too much, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I think they priced the um, the first game as though it was a concert. Yeah, mm. I mean, if you want to go and see like a, a reasonably famous act perform at any of the arenas uh, in, in South Florida, you probably are looking for the, you know, for a reasonable seat at somewhere around 180, 200, aren't you? Um, but you can't do that every week, obviously. They should have dropped the prices for this one. They have to drop it. Otherwise, 
you know what? They start getting they start getting a lot of stuff. If there are, and I started thinking before the game when all that stuff was going on on Twitter, we're going to have like half empty stands here. The whole world of like soccer on Twitter is going to be mm. ripping into Miami. Those pictures will be doing the rounds, and it looks awful for the club, you know. And it's not what Jorge Mas wants from it all, is it? He wants to be like, you know, the man of the people and everything. Well, the man of the people doesn't price his tickets at, at 200 bucks a game. So sort that out. I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's just too much money, isn't it? I, by the way, I don't think the concessions thing, you can count that in the calculation because, you know, if you if you haven't got much money and, you, and you're going to watch uh, Messi, just have a sandwich before you go. But <laughs> the, the part... The part the <laughs> There's your sandwich. nickname. There's your nickname, a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty dollars for parking on that on is a bit that is outrageous. That is outrageous to park. I couldn't believe it when I drove past the uh, the sign uh, for that last night. That's 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 a, that's just a. Just so it's clear. Just so it's clear. Just so it's clear. Hold on, hold on. Just so it's clear. So it doesn't sound like we're complaining on our behalf because as media members we don't pay to get into the stadium and we don't pay for parking. Generally, like this is literally just our opinions for a lot of you listeners and just the fan base in general. I think it is uh, absurd. I get why the prices have risen, but I think it's gone far, far too high. And I think Jose's point is the most uh, accurate point in the whole discussion. The reason why these new stands in the northeast and southeast corners have been propped up is because it was expected or it was done to meet the higher demand from fans. But if fans aren't going because tickets are too expensive, then what was the point of putting those stands there? I mean, I don't know what the percentage was yesterday. I don't I don't know if we got an attendance figure from Inter Miami. 19,300. Announced, announced out of 22 about is the capacity. I mean, I would say what? How full was it really? 90% full. 90? I would say 75. I don't know. No, no it's too, that was too low. Come on. Uh, Jose, Jose. I don't know. Yeah, not eighty-five. Yeah, maybe eighty-five. I think. But if if the if the tickets were half half the price, they would have sold out. It would sell out. So they know that. Mm -hmm. They know that. So maybe they're just testing the water. Let's hope that they're sort of testing the water, and then they'll they'll have a good chat about. I'm sure. I'm sure it's 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 in their inboxes, isn't it, to talk about? So if it was sixty, if it was sixty bucks at Hard Rock, they'd get forty-five thousand at least. Yeah. No, I mean then, absolutely, much, absolutely. But then, but then you have more tickets, so you're making you know you're you're making up um, in more tickets what you lose in you know the face value, right? So, um, but anyway, it, it would it, it wouldn't be a great look if they get forty five at Hard Rock. But I honestly, I don't you know, I don't disagree with that. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Forty five. I've, I've been I, there. I've been there when it's been like sixty five thousand. But I mean, you could you could just not open that top tier. I think that's fine. I, I think if you're if you're not if you're not gonna be capable of filling hard rock, then just lower the prices and stay stay at home. You know you you'll have you 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 really have a, a home field advantage of sorts. You know because at hard rock it's it's a different stadium than you're jeopardizing as well the performance. You know players are not as familiar with with the field and there are so many other things that go around. You know. Um, Inter Miami playing at Hard Rock, you know, talk about concessions like you were just talking about. You know, there, there's so many other things, parking, 
um, they are pretty much in control at Drive Pink. So I, I, I say if they can if they can get close to sixty, where you can actually make a difference, and it will be a story if you are able to put sixty thousand people to watch Inter Miami, then just lower the prices, man. It's an easy, it's an easy fix. It's an easy fix. Just lower the prices. Let people enjoy the game. You know that there are several people that, you know, that went for the first two years, two three years, and um, with with the full family, and now they just can't do it. You know, they just can't do it. And then, you know, there there's there's a there's a whole new group of people that you know they are just uh, obsessed with Messi that they will play whatever is required to watch him play. Speaking, Jose, sorry. Speaking of being obsessed with Messi, we we gotta move on. We're going long. Speaking of being obsessed with Messi. There was an image and there was a talk on social media about the fans that exited the stadium once Messi came off. Very quickly, is it okay or a bit of a, an eyesore that that many fans left Drive Pink Stadium when he came off? I mean, the game was 4-0 at that point, right? So, I mean, the game was decided. So, is there too much fuss being made about it or do some people have a point? Andrea, very quickly. Well, I think, yeah, some people have a point. It's really ugly uh, to see that happening, but it doesn't surprise me in South Florida because that happens at the Heat, that happens at the Dolphins. Everyone gets crazy wanting to get out because of traffic. But yesterday, I don't think that was a factor. Yesterday, they are just massive fans. They are not here for Inter-Miami. Even the new supporters group, they've made it very clear they are here for Messi. And the people that left were other people that are here just for Messi. Too much fuss or... or... On the money, Jose. Um. Yeah, I think I think the criticism is right. Yeah, I think the criticism is right. I I, I happen to agree. It's unfortunate for the rest of the team, but you know. What? Ah, I disagree. I, I disagree, yeah. man. It's listen, man. Like, it's not. It's not a secret that some people are there just to see Messi. It's not, like, that's not a secret. That was that's part of the whole equation, and that would be the case. On almost any team in the entire world. Well, learn to be a football fan then, right? If you're going to go along to a football match, learn to be a football fan. Yeah? Because yeah. you're not going to a pop concert where, like, when the, the singer finishes, that's the end of the show. <laughs> right? Exactly, yeah. It's not. Yeah. Right? I mean, so I agree with that. I hate it. I hate not... it. I hate it for a number of reasons. Some of them personal. My dad used to be obsessed with beating the traffic and make me stand in the exit corner on the stand when I was a little kid and I'd be <laughs> wanting to clap the team off at the end and it used to drive me mad for years but, but apart from that I think it's just disrespectful to the team as well you should be applauding the team off the field at the end of that game you know there should be applause for you know what was what, what, what message does that send to Yedlin charging down the right flank busting his lungs all, all game and then people just walk away because Messi's not on the field anymore it's embarrassing so then they shouldn't do it. And the other fans should point it out to them. They, they should, should be booed. It, it's, it sh they should be booed. They should, in they should an, be told in, by in the an other ideal fans world, don't do this. Simon, in an ideal world, everyone would stay to the end. But that's just not the reality of the day and age that we live in. Um, we're... No, Franco, it's not the reality in MLS. Because, I'm... listen... Andrea. In every in every other part, you got you got every team that Messi has played in has had fan boys. Real Madrid had fan boys when Cristiano Ronaldo was there. Everyone wants to see those two players because they are different. But Andrea, I've you, seen you videos. You never see that. I've seen, yes, yes, you do. I've seen videos. I forget which game it was. The that who did Real Madrid play? I'm, I'm blanking now. 
that they played and they they pulled off a, a miraculous comeback in the Champions League. Uh, was it this season or last season? I can't remember. But they they were fans walking out of the stadium, and there was a reporter. There's literally videos of this on online. A reporter oh, standing outside. Was it against Messi? And and they came back and and everyone like the people that were leaving were like, oh my god, oh my god, and they were running back in and trying to trying to catch a glimpse of what had just happened. Yeah, I mean, but it's not, not it's like not, like fifty percent of the people like happened yesterday in Inter Miami. Okay. Madrid is Madrid. Inter Miami is Inter Miami in terms of the established fan bases that exist there. And if it happens at Madrid to some level, like why could it not happen at Inter Miami, which is three years old or three and a half years old? And yes, they have Messi, but a lot of these people are here just to see Messi, like. I the agree. problem is that that happened already here with two teams in the past. And uh, when the figure leaves, the team disappears. I agree. So Miami cannot afford that. I, I mean, what, what can you do? What are you going to do? You're just going to stop them from leaving? Like, well, there's nothing you can do about it. Either people want to leave, they, they're going to leave. What, how do you stop that? There's no way to stop that. What, are you going to boo them and shame clear. them? You're going to shame the them into submission? Like, them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's what you talk, like if someone booed me and I wanted no, to leave, seriously, that's I, what I would just I would just walk out I would just still walk out what, that, that would mean? happen Franco that w- that happens if if someone does that in a team like in Honduras for example who we have a small league but we're a footballing country if someone does that man they're gonna they're w- they would be booed okay would be... and you walk and you go home and you what you like you still care that you got booed like 20 minutes later once you're yeah, on the way home yeah but people didn't do anything in Inter Miami so that w- that is why everyone is making fun of them I just, get, I, me- I get messy up get messy on the PA system to sort of, you know, shout <laughs> tell them like this, this is Lionel they would then though they would though wouldn't they this is, this is Lionel, Lionel Messi, Messi. Stay, please stay till the end Thank please you. don't I, leave you know what and Primo dropping the hot idea yes, uh, yes they need to do that that's a solution I think, honestly, that's, I think if we'd have got better. Messi in the mix hold on hold on Simon Simon me. go ahead if we'd have got Messi in the mix zone yesterday, that would have been a question to him, wouldn't it? What's your message to those fans who walked out and abandoned the team with 15 minutes to go and yeah. didn't support your team? And you don't think Leo? he would have given a diplomatic answer? Like, Tata they're Martino... They're a disgrace, said Messi. Tata, yeah, Tata Martino gave a diplomatic answer. He said, you know, I, and I agree, ideally that wouldn't happen. Ideally. But it's also understandable given the context. I'm with you guys that it shouldn't happen, but it's going to happen. And I think... Especially when Messi's getting pulled, right? Which is a rare, a rare thing. And he's getting pulled in the game's four zero. I mean if the game was not gonna happen often actually, is it? If the game was one one or if the game was one zero, I mean I'm sure some people would have left, but not as many. The game was over. The game was over. Like, that has to be taken into consideration here. Anyway, all right, let's leave it there. We've been talking for a good long while. We'll come back for a very quick Q&A session, and I don't know what we'll do about the final thoughts because there's five of us, but we'll figure it out. I so, won my final thought. I, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get it this week, Andrea, but we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll do all that after this. for the Fab Five. It's never been five of us before. I'm not really sure how we're going to do this, but uh, let's start with Daniel Mejia. He says, if Drake Calendar is this good, do you see him moving to Europe? That's his first question. Then he has a second one. If you could only go to one Peruvian restaurant in South Florida, where would you go eat? So I'll take the Peruvian restaurant one. That's my wheelhouse. Um, I'll split it into Broward County and Miami-Dade County. Um, 
If I was going to somewhere in Broward, Mancora Ceviche Bar. There's one in Coral Springs, and then there's another one on Fort Lauderdale Beach, like on the beach. Um, and that's the second one they created. Very, very good. Service a little bit slow at the one on the beach, but food is very good. If you're taking me to Miami Dade and I have to pick where there is no Mancora, I'm going Ceviche 105. There's one in downtown. There's one on South Beach. I think there's a, one in Aventura there's Mall. There's one in Aventura Mall. Yep, yep. So there's a few of them. Uh, Simon, look at Simon, a Peruvian food connoisseur. Simon, oh, round yeah, of applause. Yeah. Every, every, every year for a wedding anniversary with my wife, it's uh, Chevich. Yeah? 105. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Very nice. Look at that. A man of excellent taste. I knew I liked you, Simon. All right. Uh, we'll go to Jose for Drake Calendar. Is If he's this good, do you see him going to Europe? I mean, I think the easy answer is yes, right? Uh, not yet. Not yet. I think I think there's still I think it needs to play at least one more season, if not two, in the it, States. It didn't say you know, right there? now. It didn't say right now. He says, Do you see him moving to Europe? Oh, in the future, yes. I can see that happening. Yeah. I okay. can see that happen. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, all right, Andrea, this one's for you. From Beef. The famous Beef. Rumors of SWAT is not available until December. Are these true? If so, what is the future for Campana? His bell seems to have been ringing less since Tata came and Martinez picked his game up. Well, um, I don't agree that Martinez has picked his game up. It's just like his friends with Messi, you know? He's, they're calling him. I heard someone in the stadium yesterday, and I died laughing, calling him the Rodrigo de Paul of Inter Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Because of him being Messi's friend. But no, in seriousness, I understand Tata starting him uh, because he knows him. But for Campana, it's a tough situation. I think uh, um, if they were planning to bring Luis Suarez or Luis Suarez is able to get free from his contact contract at Gremio, it doesn't seem likely to happen. We only have like four or five days left on this window, I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does happen, I think uh, they're moving on from Campana. And that's the reason, one of the reasons that he doesn't play, because uh, I think he knows that that he's being looked at as a possibility for them to trade him, for them to pass on him, even though he's young, even though he is a designated player for them. Uh, I think he knows that. So uh, the situation with Campana is really unfortunate. I think uh, if you if if you ask me, Luis Suarez comes right now and he gets free of his contract. I think Campana would be leaving Inter Miami. So I'll, I'll say this uh, before we wrap up with Primo, and that is that I'm of the idea and belief, like Jose, is that Campana is the better of the two strikers today between he and uh, Joseph Martinez. However, and I do think he'll have his chance as a starter to make his case. However, if if that chance doesn't come or if he doesn't make the most of whatever chance he gets, then I think his future here could be short-lived. Because if he's not going to be playing a whole lot, well then, I mean, he's excess and surplus to requirements. And with a young DP spot, I mean, you could do more with that uh, if you're Inter-Miami. And he's going to want to be playing as well. So... Um, you know, if, if he's the backup option and then you're possibly bringing in Suarez in the winter, I mean, maybe Campana won't be long for Inter-Miami if things keep up in the way that they are right now. Because right, ever since Phil Neville left, <clears throat> Campana has been the secondary striker option by and large. Um, but anyway, all right. Primo, you wrap up the Q&A session with this. 
Joseph E., I know we're all crazy for Messi, but I want some info on Miami Freedom Park. I thought we would have started already with construction by now. Any update? Joseph E. also adds, Midweek games to Fort Lauderdale is a tough ask, especially if you're going to be charging $200 per ticket. Shake my head. So Joseph E. chiming in there what we said at the end of the last segment, expressing his uh, frustration and disappointment with those ticket prices. Um, But... Primo, the question is about Miami Freedom Park. Anything at all you can update us on or anything you want to share? I mean, you're you're a man who, as you told me yesterday, goes where the news is. So what well, can you I, share with us? If I go where the news is, I don't think I'll be going to um, to, to Melry's golf 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 club. No, Miami. I mean, I, correct, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anything's happening. It certainly hasn't started anything, have they? So, um, look, I haven't, I haven't dug into it. You guys maybe know a little bit more than me right now, but... Um, no, they still haven't started building. I mean, you know, we talk about ticket prices. You know, how much is it going to be for the first first game? In, you know, uh, in the new stadium when Mbappe, Suarez, and a forty-eight-year-old Lionel Messi player. You know, I mean, he's got, got no idea. But um, no, no, no news as as, as from what I what I can see. So then that does it for the Q and A session. We'll leave it there because we're going long, and I don't think we're going to have to do a final thought for the five of us. I'll just do a collective uh, final thought, and that is to thank El Primo for making a reappearance. I don't know if he'll consistently be back on, listeners. I'm sorry to say. I don't want to over-promise and under-deliver. I'd rather under-promise and over-deliver. Um, I don't know how his schedule will be over the next few weeks. I am um, going to I'm going to England on Saturday for two weeks, so I'm, I'm immediately subbing myself out. But, uh, I'll back. <laughs> You're calling a for Lionel. a sub, Lionel Messi style, or Lionel Messi Lionel, style. Yeah. Um, but no, Primo, it's been uh, wonderful and fantastic to have you back on. Uh, you know, we miss your opinions, your analysis, and of course, your British wit. So, you know, thank you for taking the time to reappear here on Miami Total Football Radio. Can you roll your R's, by the way, yet? Do you want to give it a try? I don't think you ever gave it a try. Simon did on, like, the first pod or the second pod that he was on. Are you going to give it a shot or not, not yet? Radio. Hey. Oh, very oh, impressive. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. All right, you can all leave early now. No. Um, all right, well, then that does it for this week's show. We'll be back again next week, probably after the Wednesday game. Uh, I don't know if we'll do a preview pod per se, but maybe, maybe depending on what unfolds over the next few days, Inter Miami's off this weekend. So uh, we'll see what happens. So no promises on early in the week, but maybe late on in the week. So for Simon Evans, for Jose Armando, for Andre Ayanes, and for Steve Brenner, I am Franco Penizo. You have been listening to a jam-packed episode of Miami Total Radio. We'll talk to you guys again. <laughs>